time passes more quickly than you think. Uh, when the young people went out, it seemed like only a few weeks ago since I was leader of junior church here and was going out with them. And then I stopped and thought and realized it was actually 25 years ago. <laughs> time passes. I, I want to take us back because many years ago, probably it was about then, in the hall behind the church, uh, there, was a, there was some posters uh, on a notice board on the wall. And they were being taken down because they'd become a bit turned up at the edges. Uh, but there was one particular poster that I had become quite attached to. And I asked if I could have it. And... To this day, uh, that poster, uh, it's a bit faded now, uh, is on uh, the door of my study. It says, it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. It's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. And I wanted to have that poster because it seemed to me to sum up the way in which we ought to try to live our lives. We can't solve all the problems of loneliness and despair. We can't feed all the hungry people. We can't end all the wars. But we can, we can have an encouraging word for those who cross our path. We can buy a copy of the big issue from the cellar in Haywards Heath or in Hassocks. We can give a tin of beans to the food bank. And in all our relationships, we can try to be conciliators rather than conflict mongers. It's better to light a single candle than to curse the darkness. And we have lit a single candle this morning, the first Advent candle, a candle that points the way to the coming of Jesus. Jesus who shows us the way from darkness into light. Isaiah looks towards this time in his prophecy, a time, Isaiah says, when we will walk in the light of the Lord. And as we enter Advent, we look towards that time. Light is a biblical fundamental, God's first creative act right at the beginning of Genesis is to create light, provide light, let there be light, he says. And in John's gospel, the entry, of, the entry into the world of Jesus is announced as the new coming of the light which could not be extinguished by darkness. In fact, if, you, if we read John's Gospel, light is one of John's favourite words. It appears at least 20 times in John's Gospel. And throughout, there is a contrast between light and dark. Jesus is portrayed as the light and Jesus' enemies as darkness. And we have to remember that that would have been a very powerful uh, illustration to people in uh, biblical times because the fear of darkness is one of the oldest fears known to women and 
men, the hope that after the darkness of the night will come the light of the day. And as uh, John's gospel progresses, John develops this struggle. And uh, just in case anyone misunderstand what he's trying to say, if we were to read on to chapter 8, we would find Jesus expressing it very clearly. John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And essentially, uh, the argument seems to be uh, that before hearing the gospel, everyone lives in darkness. Uh, those who believe open their lives to God's light, which uh, leads them to believe in Jesus and Jesus' uh, sacrifice and living a new life. But of course, some uh, don't believe, perhaps because they don't want their lives uh, exposed to God's penetrating light. Perhaps Perhaps because of apathy, but perhaps because they're afraid uh, of what will be revealed. Or uh, because it might mean them changing their ways. Perhaps they don't want to stop playing their part in exploiting the poor. Or putting self first, or putting uh, war before peace. So they reject the light and stick with darkness. But now comes the harder bit, the personal part. I suspect that at some time or another, many of us have been tempted to turn away from the light and do things we know would displease God. I certainly have, perhaps I shouldn't assume that in others but I certainly have and I've been shocked how easy that can be how how thin the veneer of faithful discipleship can seem how easy it is to move into darkness you see Israel was supposed to have been a light for the world but got to the point where it was providing darkness and if it was possible for the people of Israel to get into that situation having known so much of God's goodness it's hardly surprising that it's possible for us to do so too so the challenge for us as we enter into Advent this year is to profess afresh our desire to walk in the light of the Lord, to be witnesses who testify to the light, to lie, to allow the light to shine into our lives and to reflect that light in our interaction with others. In the passage which uh, Janet read, uh, John chapter 1, verse 5, John uses the present tense. The light shines in the darkness. Not shone, but shines, reminding us that action is still required today. <coughs> Martin Luther King was a great uh, Christian warrior for peace, a campaigner for uh, equality and civil rights. And he famously observed that you cannot fight darkness with darkness. You get only double darkness. And that was the uh, experiment we did earlier, which Freya helped us with. 
Today we lit our first Advent candle. And the light of Advent gives us an opportunity afresh to drive out darkness from our own lives, from our interaction with our fellows, from society, from the dealings of international superpowers, and from the universe. Can I do that? Little old me? Can we do that? Little old us? No, we can't. But instead of cursing the darkness, we can do as we have done this morning, and we can light a single candle.